Hey, George Cedarquist here, host of Opera Box Score. All right, I know you want to get to the podcast, so I'm going to keep this short. Opera Box Score needs your donation to retain its title as America's talk radio show about opera. You can give on our website, operaboxscore.com slash donate. When you throw even 10 bucks our way, it helps us promote the show to more listeners. Just 20 bucks helps cover our website costs. Chip in 50 bucks and we can pay to wax Tobias's back. But for real, please consider a donation of any amount to help us continue to bring you our hot takes on everything opera-related. Operaboxscore.com slash donate. Enjoy the podcast. Live from Chicago, you're listening to Opera Box Score. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! Yes, it's Opera Box Score. We are live in studio on WNUR-FM Evanston, Chicago. We are streaming live on WNUR.org slash pop-up, and we're available as a podcast on iTunes. George Cedarquist here. Wherever you are, however you're listening, thanks for joining us on America's Talk Radio Show about opera, period. I'm joined this week by creative consultant Oliver Camacho and co-host Dinah Fisher, 847 866 WNUR is the number in the studio. Hey, call us. You get to have your voice heard live on the air, 847-866-9687. Don't be shy. But if you are no big deal, you can also leave us a message, 224-218-9BOX, 224-218-9269. All right, well, whether you're surprised or not, Donald Trump has been elected president of these United States. What can opera teach us about why he won, and what is the future for opera under the Trump administration? Our Chalk Talk segment is up next. 20 Minutes Pop Quiz returns. Oliver and Dinah team up to identify operas just by listening to each work's overture. They'll be up against the clock. Play at home to see if you can beat them. And at 9.45, you get all your opera headlines in the two-minute drill. You'll get our hot takes as well. Dinah Fisher, welcome back to the show. Hey, guys. How's it going? Well, it's been a week. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's been rough. Yeah. It's been a rough It's been a week. If yeah. you're a minority, if you're uh, an opera fan, if you're gay, all these things, uh, it's been pretty tough. If you're a child of an immigrant, if you're a, a dreamer, mm-hmm. you know. If you have children. <laughs> if you're a woman. If you're a woman, yes. <laughs> if you have female genitalia, you know. Any yeah. of these things. Any, yeah. all, of the, all of the above. Yeah. Dinah, since we last saw you, uh, which was Labor Day, what have you been up to? Oh, well, I'm just finishing up my first, last quarter of grad school. And uh, we just wrapped up Street Scene by Kurt Vile about a few weeks ago. And right now it's just playing that audition game. <laughs> how's, nice. the, how's the blog going? Oh, it's great. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've actually, I uh, took some time to just kind of sit in silence after uh, what happened last week. Right. And I opened up... Um, some very personal feelings of mine on the blog Hmm. and opened up a discussion with my followers and just kind of, uh, you know, there are people that are aching and crying and they may not be able to have an outlet, you know, at their fingertips at all times. And maybe I can give them something to read that sparks a light. What's your blog called again? A gentlewoman.com. Okay. Yeah. Check it out. So for those of you who need comfort in the form of fashion (laughs) and, uh, and personal, I, it was a very pers- personal posts, okay. you know, I mean, the lifestyle fashion stuff is, is all fun and games, but on that day, you know, I, I didn't do any of that. Well, I think that's what you're going to get on the first segment on the show today. I mean, obviously <laughs> uh, we're here to talk opera, but we're, we're going to be talking some politics as well. It's in yeah. our chalk talk segment. Chalk talk on opera box score. I spent election night at home. I didn't switch on till about nine o'clock, probably. I tried to delay it as long as I possibly could, definitely till the kids went to sleep, yeah. uh, and then switched it on, and then had a massive panic attack in about five minutes, and then about eleven o'clock, I was like, "Yeah, I'm not going to watch this slip away." Uh, what was your story, Oliver? You I was home? entering a rehearsal uh, in the six o'clock hour here in Chicago, which was just when all the polls were closing, and. Um, it's a gigantic rehearsal for a Bach uh, Christmas oratorio with like like a, over 100 people in the chorus and an orchestra, all these things. And the conductor was trying to be like magnanimous because it was in a suburb of Chicago that uh-huh. maybe is a bit more uh, red-leaning. 
And he said to us, you know, to the group, you know, whoever candidate wins, remember that we're here together making music. And he said, trying to say something very like right. poetic and like, but I think he thought that it was going to go like our way. <laughs> and then the rehearsal ended at like 930. Yeah. And I get into my car and turn on the radio and I heard what was going on. I, I really could not believe it. I was, and I had to drive home and like listen to that, you know, for you an hour. trapped in your yeah. car. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> no way out. With no tequila. No. Oh, that is the worst. Yeah. That is absolutely the worst. No, yeah. it was, it was a pretty bad day. Yeah. I, I mean, it's been, everything has been said that needs to be said about what happened. We're not going to uh, rehash it here. You yeah. know, so our show is partly about sports. Colin Cowherd is a sports analyst who I follow and just all the time. I love his show. He's on um, FS1. And so he did a segment on his show, which was basically, what can we take from sports and apply to the election? And his mm-hmm. take was this, was that in sports, authenticity wins. Mm. That the most authentic uh, coaches, the most authentic players are the ones that come out on top. America likes authenticity. We like the real. And that, he, this is his take, was that the reason Trump won the election was that he was the most authentic of the candidates. Uh, clearly, this is a guy who really spoke his mind. That doesn't mean he didn't change his mind a lot, and it doesn't mean he's going to keep changing his mind in the future, but his authenticity really spoke to the electorate. Dinah, what do you think about that? Uh, Authenticity? Does it win the day? Let me jump in. You while would, you're, while you you're, would you're, like to hope that. While you're composing <laughs> your thought, I, just as you were saying that, yeah. I was thinking that opera is an art form that is all about artifice. Mm-hmm. And there's so much artifice you have to get through to get to the, the authenticity. Right. Especially if you are like an American and the opera is in a different language and it was written, you know, 200, 300 years ago. I could imagine if you were, you know, in the era of Verdi and you were going to the opera, it would speak much more directly to you. But now we have all these layers and layers and layers, you know, that people have to feel like educated and prepared to enjoy the opera. So it makes authenticity count even more in opera. If you can get to authentic and if you can, you know, touch an audience through all of that, then you're amazing, you know. And I don't know how many uh, artists we have right now that can really get to the point, you know, quickly and who feel authentic from the start and the ones who are who do it you know they deserve all of the the career that they're having you know i don't know who they are right now (laughs) (laughs) i agree lorraine hunt lieberson oh yes now there's a singer who like understood so well Mm -hmm. and knew how to communicate made Mm -hmm. me fall in love with wc so so clear what her intention was you know what do you think oliver opera is going to look like under the Trump administration, you know, what's what are the big changes going to be? What what's, what do we have to look forward to? So I'm so scared about this. I mean, you were, we were talking before the show and you were telling me that the NEA is not really, you know, funding that much opera in America. It's not. Let me just throw out some stats here. 2009, mm-hmm. the budget for the NEA was one hundred and fifty five million mm-hmm. for 2017. It's slated... that's like the Mets budget, right? right that's, <laughs> exactly. like, that's like one. Yeah. yeah right. 2017, yeah. it's slated at, at at one hundred and fifty million. So basically, the Obama administration has kept NEA funding pretty consistently. One hundred fifty yeah. million. That's three million dollars a state. Yeah. Wow. Well, let's just assume that that is either going to stay the same or disappear altogether. Uh, it, it won't disappear. I mean, for Trump, that's that's so peanuts he wouldn't even bother to cut that. I just there'd be no savings. But I you I interrupted. Go ahead. So, <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> for me, um, such a nasty co-host. <laughs> um, it's what what's going on to me in my mind about like the economy is you know, we we're talking about making the rich richer. Mm-hmm. And it is really the truth in opera that it's rich people who are making opera happen, you know, who are giving money to institutions. They have to in order to, like, you know, come out ahead at the end of the year. They have to give their money away, you know. And so we rely. I mean, I'm working in a, in a company right now that relies so much, like many companies do, on, like, 20 people, you know, mm-hmm. to just, like, cough up money every year. And those people are going to probably do better under a Trump administration. So maybe this will bring money back into the arts, uh, but only the institutions that those people support. So and the smaller institutions, like all these fringe things that are happening now, mm-hmm. which to me are the voices of the underserved, 
maybe those organizations are going to struggle a little bit, you know, more than, more than they already are. You know? It's Opera Box Score on WNUR. George Cedarquist here with Oliver Camacho and Dinah Fisher, our brand new spanking co-host. 847-866-WNUR. <laughs> brand spanking new co-host. Brand spanking She's new. not our spanking co-host. <laughs> Guys. That's Toby and me when you're not watching. <laughs> I, I, I think that the, the middle level opera companies, those are the ones that are going to fail. The big companies have been fine through thick and thin. You know, the San Francisco's, the New York's, uh, maybe Lyric Opera of Chicago is in that level, maybe not. And the tiny guys, they're going to be fine too, because the tiny guys have always existed in the little cracks, regardless of whether there is money or not. But it's going to be all those middle level folks, Chicago Opera Theater, the Kentuckys, the Portland, Like Des Moines, Metro Opera, Florentine Opera, Milwaukee. (laughs) for all the ones that i'm paying money to apply to that's exactly right all the that is what's gonna dry up yeah i mean that's what's gonna go that is something that i'm considering when i'm i mean before the election happened i'm applying i'm just applying everywhere that i can but then after this election you got the sweet gig at wnur i mean like why would i want anything else (laughs) but like i also sing so and i want to try to make a living off that as much as i can and as soon as that happened, I was like, I have to rethink. I need to sit down and maybe rethink yeah. what my, you know, in four years, I'm only going to be 30, 31, not even, you know, maybe not even in the prime of my career yet. Like what is, you know, you just so much can happen. So much can change. And I have European citizenship. So that is a strong pull. Fisher, for German. What is it? Well, I'm Lithuanian. Oh, okay. So it's my mother's side. But then the EU is going to break up too because of Brexit, yeah. you know. And then there's Lith- that, Lithuanian and then exit, Putin's you know? like right on yeah. Lithuania's doorstep, yeah. and it's like a really scary world. So Canada, okay. here we come. Okay, I have two thoughts that have been running through my head since we started this segment. One is that "Make America Great Again." This is referring to what? Maybe the '80s when Reagan was president. Absolutely, you know? it is. Yeah. Well, the and in the '80s, opera was really powerful. The major institutions were popular. You look at like. Opera News Magazine, you look at like Sony and like Decca and Deutsche Grammophon, mm-hmm. they were flush with cash. And they were spending so much money on recording. You know, I'm a recordings person. They were spending so much money on recordings and they were like flying out all the great artists to come and like they had, you know, and there's this Ab Fab or this uh, French and Saunders skit. I don't know if I'm people who know French and Saunders know what I'm oh, talking about, yes, you know. Yes, but, yes. But being like a recording artist was like a real, you could have a career making recordings. And like each of these record labels was trying to fill out their catalog and they everybody needs to do Naida, you know. So who's going to be in your aid? And like there was just so much money to throw at opera. So who knows? Maybe we'll return to that. I don't know. Except the recording industry doesn't really exist anymore. Right. The other thought that I was having is the arts in general. And on Tuesday, after I got out of my rehearsal and was listening to this election results, the last thing I could think of was making art. Because I think in order to make art, at least for me as a singer, there has to be like some kind of happiness. Mm-hmm. Yes, tortured art is also great. But as a singer, you have to be healthy and happy to, to, to do what you do well, you know? I, I, yeah. I had the same reaction as that you did, Oliver, that immediately after the election, I was like, what I do doesn't matter anymore because, like, no one's going to give me money to do this. We're going to have to give money to those <laughs> institutions that we really need to fight for. But then, some days later, I, I totally switched my feeling. And I was like, hang on a second. Now my job is more important than ever. Right, Leonard Bernstein quote, like, blah 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 and now we have to make art more fiercely or whatever (laughs) it took took, i i taught i was i I was teaching all day before the election and one of the first things i thought about was my students Mm -hmm. uh and some of them you know are four years old maybe they don't know what's going on but Mm -hmm. my older ones in high school they know what's going on sure and i'm worried like where else they don't get an a musical education some of them don't get musical education in their schools and yeah. that was a really scary thing for me. And then, yeah, that whole realization of I am so glad I did my Minnesota audition on Monday because I don't think I could handle doing it this weekend. Cause yeah. I was, And then we had class and we came to school and it was just I can't even describe how loud the silence was, like how deafening yeah. that sadness and silence was. And we had a choir. We had a choir concert on Friday and we had a rehearsal. And we were just, all of us had been not, you know, we haven't slept. We've been crying. We didn't really address it. We just said, this happened. 
we have a job to do to create beautiful music here today. And honestly, it was probably one of the best rehearsals we've ever had. Absolutely. The role of the artist just got more important because I guarantee that as the press starts to get censored by the Trump administration, which Mm -hmm. is bound to happen, we're going to have to find more subversive ways to reveal the truth. And the only way we're going to be able to do that is through theater, through musical theater, and through opera. Those are the mediums, the media that we're going to have to replace the sort of mainstream printed media with. And, like, personal Instagrams. <laughs> I have thousands of followers. Exactly. And it's just, like I'm not, you know, I told, I've, I lost a lot of followers, but I also gained some other followers. And I just, I made an announcement. I was like, I'm not going to be passive aggressive on here. I can't just blog about my, the shoes I'm wearing today. I'm sure. sorry. Like, there's, there are serious things at stake here. And I have a lot of friends that are, are Muslims that have, you know, that are fearing, like, fearing for their lives and you know and no one should feel like that and it was a serious and i don't think it's going to be okay as a white woman i'm taking responsibility for what has happened and it's not a good feeling and i just you know i just hope that we can somehow and and here in chicago and like in many other uh major cities uh the hospitality industry Mm -hmm. is rife with mexicans Mm -hmm. right uh, and a lot of them are not documented. Yeah. And I, a lot of these people are my friends, you know. And if there really is like a roundup and a deportation, um, it's going to be devastating to the hospitality industry because the economy, the hospitality industry really does rely on those people, you know. What's the other interesting thing to me is Opera America's take on this whole thing. So on Thursday, Mark Skorka, who's the president of Opera America, sent out an email to his constituents basically saying the way that we're going to tackle this administration is through Congress. We're going to develop relationships with new members of Congress. We're going to continue to advocate to Congress and federal agencies about the importance of opera, and we're going to reach out to our members. So clearly, he knows, as I think many of us do, the way to deal with the Trump administration is not through the executive branch, but it's through the legislative branch. And I'm just thrilled that Skorka has figured that out and is already working on that plan. So the people who elected Trump... (laughs) I, I have to think that they're populists and that they are uneducated. I know there are people that are educated that voted for Trump, but a lot of them are. Like, that's that's what they're talking about all the time in the news. Like, there was this whole, you know, working class, Rust Belt, et cetera, that uh, were looking for that angry voice. Those are not people who attend the opera. Those are not people who seem to care about this. If they did, they would have more humanity. Mm-hmm. If Trump cared about the arts he would have more humanity (laughs) they have no idea trust me i don't know uh operaboxscore.com is our website at operaboxscore is uh, the twitter handle and our brand new hashtag is opera balls stick around what about all the countertenors they're gonna be deported (laughs) oh god (laughs) pop quiz they're gonna have to wear a c on their shirts (laughs) (laughs) pop quiz is gonna return right after this Live from Chicago, you're listening to Opera Box Score. More right after this. 12, an alarming number of girls begin to lose interest in math and science and their chance at most future jobs. Take a little time at home every day to keep your interest in technology alive. For specific ideas, go to girlsgotech.org. It's her future. Do the math. A message from the Ad Council, Girl Scouts of the USA, and WNUR. AIDS has created over 14 million orphans worldwide. That's the equivalent of every child under five in America with no one to watch over them. Won't you please help defeat this tragic global epidemic? At current rates, AIDS is turning another child into an orphan every 14 seconds. That's two more children orphaned in just the time it takes to make this announcement. Please go to apathyislethal.org or call 1-866-AIDS-FUND toll-free now. AIDS is preventable. Apathy is lethal. A public service message brought to you by the United Nations Foundation, the Ad Council, and WNUR. An abducted child is everyone's child. And now, everyone who has a cell phone can help. To receive free Amber Alerts on your cell phone, go to wirelessamberalerts.org. A child is calling for help. 
Brought to you by the Wireless Foundation, the U.S. Department of Justice, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, and the Ad Council. You're listening to Opera Box Score with George Cedarquist, Oliver Camacho, Tobias Wright, and Dinah Fisher. George Cedarquist here on WNUR, 89.3 FM, Evanston, Chicago. The number in the studio, 847-866-9687. Give us a call. Let us know how you're feeling on this recent election. How is it going to affect your opera career? Pop Quiz is back. It's been a while, Oliver. I know. Since What's going on with pop, this show? I've done never a pop done quiz. one. I'm yes. so oh, Yeah, Dinah, you really don't need to be nervous. <laughs> So this is a, a pop quiz. Stakes of, are really high. Defines who I am as a musician. <laughs> Come on, guys. It's of my own creation, uh, although Kenny did help me with a couple of these. So I'm going to play the overture mm-hmm. to uh, a number of operas. And I, I want you guys to, as soon as you know, I want you to, to shout it out. I'll leave your mics on and just... Hey, friends, l- text me if you know it. That's, that would be <laughs> cheating. Uh, but I, I want you guys to succeed. So here's a couple hints. First of all, okay. I will be playing the clips in chronological order. Okay. So you know that we're moving forward in time. Oh, that's what that means? Okay. okay. Second of all, <laughs> as opposed to reverse chronological order, second of all, I only have uh, any given composer listed once. Okay. So once uh, he and these are all he's actually once they're off your list, of then um, <laughs> typical, the right? Patriarchy. You should make okay. America great again. <laughs> Makes sense. Here we yeah. go. So this is clip number one. <laughs> I can't hear one. it. <laughs> Is, it's it's Monteverdi, except that they don't really have overtures. They're called sinfonias. So, I'm gonna say this is like um, uh, Return of Ulysses in Patria. Boom, got it. Okay, absolutely. Wow. One right. for one. Here we go. Uh. Clip number two. Oh come on, oh. Marriage of Figaro. Marriage come of Figaro. On. Nice, good. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's you know I yeah. didn't say these were all. It was like difficult. what three notes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you should get it that yeah. fast. Okay, so you guys. Are- Um, Fidelio? Boom, you got it. Nice okay. one. Beethoven, three for three. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like Beethoven, so there's the only one opera. So. <laughs> oh, Barbara Seville. Barbara yeah. Good. Rossini, everybody. So no, I mean it's French. Um, I th- I thought it was Tales of Hoffman for a second, but it's not. Um... It's not French. It's not French. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, wait, wait, wait. So I can like sing along to it, which is yeah, I recognize it from something. <laughs> um, okay. And it's not. So we're going for it. So it's past Rossini. Oh, it's Donizetti or something like that. Oh, you're so yeah. close. Um, it's Bellini. Correct, oh, it's, is it yeah. Norma? It is Norma. Oh, okay. Oh. It okay. is Norma. Okay. Nice one, okay. It's pretty quiet. Okay, woodwinds. Oh, uh, that's Donizetti. It is, yeah. So it's Lucia? Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice one. Next one. Okay. Woodwinds. Well, if we're staying in Italy, it would be Verdi, but that's not a good that's Verdi overture to, to, no. to play. No, I was going to say Verdi. <laughs> because it's not really an overture. It, we, it, it is Verdi. Is, ah. that, is it Don Carlo or something like that? Or? No, it's it's not well-known Verdi. I mean, there's one number in the show which is really well-known. Uh, Nabucco? It is Nabucco. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Why, like, of all the Verdi things to play, why is that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I, yeah. I, 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 that was a weird one. Okay. I have, I'll apologize for that. All right. Try this.
because that's Wagner. It's Wagner, right? Yeah, it must be Wagner. It is Wagner. Um, Flying Dutchman. Flying Dutchman. Yeah. Nice, man. Wow. Way to go. I don't even know anything. Here we go. Here's the next one. So far, you only missed one. Oh, oh. Later, Mouse. Later, Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Toby yeah. McGuire. Yes, Toby McGuire. Toby, right. Okay, go into your microphone, dear, so we can hear you. Sorry, Carmen. <laughs> Carmen, yes, good. Sorry, I got too excited. <laughs> See, you're just tearing through these, you guys. Way you to go. Um, uh, uh, Pagliacci? Uh, yes. Pagliacci, okay. Oh. Yeah. Pagliacci, good. I can sing all these. <laughs> I can't hear anything. It's Hansel and Gretel. Yes, Hansel and Gretel. The Abend Gebet. Yeah. Okay, next one. Now, this is not technically an opera. Oh. It's an operetta. Mary Widow? Or no. Lustig of Itve? It's English. Oh, it's GNS? Mikado? Yes. Okay. I was Way like, to go. Yeah. And now the, the little now, Asian yeah, the racist like, theme yeah. comes out. <laughs> the, <little Asian laughs> the pentatonic racism <laughs> comes out. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a couple coming up later that are not technically operas. So. All right. So, so far, let's just take stock here. Uh, Monteverdi, you got. Mozart, you got. Mm-hmm. Fidelio, uh, Barber. But the normal one, you, you blew. I was, I was surprised by that. <laughs> Sorry. Bellini's not really known for his overtures. No. <laughs> but that, come on, though. That is pretty well known. No, Bellini. it's not. If you would have heard that, you, you, you know what you're talking about. Nobody knows Bellini overtures. But <laughs> Trust I, me. Nobody thinks about Bellini overtures. No. I promise Lucia, you. you got, and you struggled with Nabucco. Well, I mean, it's I don't. Like, nobody, nobody really knows Nabucco. They know uh, like Abagili's music and they know the choruses, but nobody knows. Right. Like, on the opera. flip side, I've been impressed mm-hmm. how fast that you got uh, Flatermouse and Pagliacci. Actually, I thought that no, was Pagliacci really hard. Is, is really easy. I just couldn't think of it. It took th- me a second. I thought that was going to be harder. All right, you guys ready to move on a little bit? Let's, yeah. Let's yeah. see what's next. Wow. Mm. Okay, give you guys a hint. Big name composer, uh-huh. not as well known in an opera for what he composed. Okay, uh, so who was our last um, one? I mean, it sounds like Massenet to me. And or, Pu- or Puccini. It is Puccini. Oh. Okay, so it's like Edgar or Billy or something like that. Not that. Uh, Rondine or no. something. Tabaro. Oh, you're so close. Uh, ps- Johnny Skiki? Johnny uh, Skiki. Oh my gosh, we're doing this opera and I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like you got a little homework, Dada, don't you? Yeah, Skiki. Um, I guess I, there, there's, as I said, better known Puccini. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. That's, but, that's fair. I mean, okay, now this is. There would, we would have heard Omeo Babino Car in a second if we would have yeah. listened to that. Right you know, sure. yeah. yeah, now this is a bit of an outlier as okay. well. See what you guys do with this one. Oh, it's awesome, whatever it is. Is it American? It's not American. Who would use, what country would use all that brass? Is it German? No, it's not German. What country would use all that brass? The Brits? The Reskies. Oh, really? Okay. This is a Russian opera. But you said it was not an opera. Is it an opera? It is an opera. It's not done a lot. Oh, but it's such a good that opera. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so good, this opera. What is it? Ruslan Lumidia? It's, or? it's The Love for Three Oranges. Oh, Prokofiev. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say Prokofiev, but I got yeah. shy. It was pretty good. I've actually seen that show. All right. So cool. now let's see here. We're in the, are we in the 20th? Uh, century. We're definitely in the 20th century. Yeah. Second half. Of the we did know century. like Massenet or mm-hmm. Gounod or. Yeah, I knew you were going to say this. What? I knew you were going to start to complain did about what I didn't <laughs> put into the quiz. I mean, they're really important <laughs> composers. <laughs> but like, I couldn't leave out Puccini. Okay. Yeah. Here we. Okay, here we go. Let, let's get a little more contemporary. Huh, maybe this isn't as well known as I thought. This is John Adams? It's not John Adams, so it's way earlier. 
American. Oh. American. Mm-hmm. Done in schools of music a lot. Has a Our- great, has a famous waltz in it. <laughs> American that's a famous waltz. Uh uh, is it Minotti? It is Minotti. Uh, the console or... Oh, you're so close. Uh, the medium? The medium. The medium. Okay. Monica's Waltz. Oh, I saw the oh. console. I should know that didn't sound like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember what this one is now. Oh. Okay. Uh, I just did this opera of, of Dialogues of Carmelite. So. Nice. Like, okay. wow. wow, Oliver, that was okay. awesome. Never, yeah. I haven't seen it. Very good. Okay, here we go. Candide. Man, that's like four seconds, dude. <laughs> that was awesome. Okay, this one is not an opera per se, the way you would think of an opera. Song from the uproar. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my favorites. Was oh, it Tommy or something like that? Oh, like, you're very close. Very close. The Wall, or it's, it's a rock opera. Any other rock operas? Yes, you do. David Bowie, something? Or? Yeah, it's it's Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, that's what I was gosh, gonna, that's the only one I know. And again, I oh, Dinah, you should have said. Yes, <laughs> yeah, okay. that's not my genre. Sorry, I love. Yeah, I have no idea. I can't wait to do that show one day. Okay. It's so good. All right, this. Good luck. <laughs> Is it a Philip Glass? It is Philip Glass. Is it a well-known Philip Glass? No, I mean, I know it very well because I just did it. Oh, and the Pinot Colony. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I'm I'm extremely impressed. That's it? That That's it. Oh, come on. We didn't even get to, like, Jake Heggie or, like... That's hard. Well, what would you pick, though, for a Jake Heggie, for a famous, like, iconic overture, though, for Jake Heggie? I, I don't uh, know if that exists. He does have like this opening music, which is like the radio that's being played, mm-hmm. like when they're getting mm-hmm. assaulted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is there anyone else that we missed on here? Um, Strauss. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Lots of Strauss. Do you know? I I, I had and a Johann. lot more Russian composers. Thank goodness, I don't know them. Well, I, I had yeah. Johann Strauss for Fledermas, but I didn't uh, have any Ricard Strauss. Like Dvorak, uh, Smetana, Bartered Bride. Yeah, yeah. stuff like that. And we did. We didn't do. Um, and you skipped over a lot. Like there was no like Handel or Gluck or anything like that. No, like, Handel, I would have like. Like Charpentier or no, like. No Offenbach. No Offenbach. Yeah. As well. Yeah, that's true. I'm pretty impressed. Hey, listeners, if you think you uh, can beat these guys, let us know. Eight four seven eight six six. I didn't know Jesus Christ Superstar, folks. I never would have gotten it. That was hard. Have you ever seen it though? I can't remember. There's another Jesus show, isn't there? <laughs> like that's from that same era. Book of Mormon? No, no. no. Uh, I think I yeah, I did see it. Is that the one where um uh where Jesus Christ is like a young guy and like they're all on stage the whole time and they um they did they just revive it at in New York like six years ago? No, God, I'm thinking of Godspell. Godspell, that's the other uh, one. No, yeah. No. Okay, no, no. that's Godspell I get this confused all the time. Schwartz. So yeah, I've not um, seen it. No, uh, Jesus Christ Superstar is literally just like the last days of Jesus's life set to like a rock band there's an awesome uh, movie version of it yeah as well so is there nudity in it uh tonight. could be if mm. you wanted there to be i suppose <laughs> i would only see if there was peen but do, I'm, I'm, I'm curious though like do do composers nowadays like still include overtures and in, like uh. new works i mean you just mentioned jake heggie i mean i think when they're trying to refer to um you know, old forms. I mean, I think it's actually important to have some piece of music th- for the latecomers, you know, <laughs> and That's also right. to set the mood, you know. Is that I've, the original idea behind what an overture was supposed to do? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, like, it's like, it's just get people in their seats. Like, it's about to start, you know, Gerd's going to raise, like, you know. Yeah, I mean, you would, like, wait for the king, right? Yeah, Usually exactly. The king would have an entrance within the overture yeah like and, in the and also to set to set the mood it's set hard to mood, like yeah it's hard to like open up the curtain and like okay here you are <laughs> it's like you right know. everybody sit down with their booze and whatever yeah, else they're doing exactly. and settle down open up all your wrappers during the overture folks if you can if it's a loud one like carmen open right. your wrappers open them all up yeah. well, turn I, off your phone and i think yeah. in like the what the 18th century was about giving us sort of a taste of some of the musical ideas that were to come but Later on, it feels like it's more like about setting the emotional mood 
into motion. You know, like that Poulenc yeah. overture from yeah, oh Dialogues God, yeah. of the Carmelites. I mean, you listen to that music and you're like, yeah, this is not going to end well. Yeah. You just know. No, but I mean, like, mm. let's talk about an overture that I love. The overture to Cosi Fantute. Okay. <laughs> so much energy. It's yeah. it's so mischievous. And there's this oboe part. You know? And, like, why the oboe? Because the oboe or the oboe d'amore is an instrument that's always associated with Cupid. Mm -hmm. And uh, we don't hear so much oboe throughout the opera, but then in the duet between uh, Ferrando and and Fiordoligi, the oboe comes out in a really beautiful way Mm. when she finally looks at him and realizes, yeah, I kind of like this guy. And you hear the oboe come out of nowhere. Hmm. And it's like, if you're paying attention to it, like it's like, gets you right in the heart, you know? And it's such a beautiful passage. So, and so it does like to, to think about, you know, the way love is, a character in that opera, you know, and so it's it's a great overture once you start to think about it that way. So, okay, next time we do the quiz, I'll put that in there. <laughs> opera box score on WNUR. We're gonna take a short break. Stick around for the two minute drill coming up next. Live from Chicago, you're listening to Opera Box Score. More right after this. WNUR Evanston, and this is the best of WNUR programming. Amnesty International is a worldwide organization dedicated to promoting human rights. Amnesty conducts letter-writing campaigns and tries to raise public awareness about capital punishment, police brutality, and torture in the United States and abroad. For more information about Amnesty International, you can check their national website at www.aiusa.org. This message brought to you by WNUR. Do you need to travel for medical reasons but don't have the money? Are you an abused mother who needs to escape to the protection of family? Angel Flight believes nobody should be denied medical care or other help because they can't afford to travel. Angel Flight has volunteer pilots standing by to help those in need. Contact Angel Flight to see if they can help you. Call toll-free 1-877-621-7177 or go to angelflight.org. This message brought to you by Angel Flight and WNUR. Coughs and colds are no fun for anyone, but don't assume you need antibiotics. Taking unneeded antibiotics can do more harm than good because sensitive bacteria are killed and resistant ones are left to grow. That means the next time you take an antibiotic, it might not work. This message brought to you by the National Consumers League and WNUR. Whoa. The moment my son saw a redwood tree. It's huge! Is the moment I knew that for him. You Even the sky has no limit. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go. Your moment is out there. Find it at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. This just in, the two-minute drill. Time now for the fastest headlines in opera news. Everything you need to know in two minutes or less. After the bitterness of the soprano Kathleen Battles rift with the Metropolitan Opera in 1994, it looks as if she would never return to the company's stage. But on last Sunday afternoon, at the invitation of the current general manager, Peter Gelb, Ms. Battle was back for a special concert program she had been presenting in various cities in recent years titled Kathleen Battle, Underground Railroad, A Spiritual Journey. The house was sold out, by the way. Jonas Kaufmann is called off a recital in Gutersloh tomorrow, which should have marked his comeback after two months of vocal injury. The Passionstheater and Oberammergau in Germany is staging Wagner next summer, apparently for the first time, and thus going head-to-head with the Wagner Festival in Bayreuth. Flying Dutchman will be conducted by the Latvian Einars Rubikis and directed by Christian Stuckel. Orchestra is being imported from Munich, chorus local. Tenor Vittorio Grigolo has revealed that he almost became a race car driver. Quote, I had a test drive in a Benetton F1 car at uh, the age of 39, but then I had an accident during qualifying for one of the races. I messed up two ribs. We had to postpone a concert. I had to make a choice between driving and singing. I, I feel that I had something to say in the world of motor racing. Who knows? Maybe in the next life. This time, it's the singing. 
Lastly, Anna Netrebko has designed her own tea set in porcelain for six people. It's made by the Imperial Porcelain Factory of St. Petersburg, and it's called Aida, a role which Netrebko will sing at the Salzburg Festival next summer. That's the two-minute drill. Opera box score here on WNUR. George Cedarquist along with Oliver Camacho. I have not had a chance to, to look at Anna DeTrepko's tea set. Can you find it? On I'm your... like looking through her Instagram now. By the way, if you guys have Instagram on your phones, go find Anna DeTrepko on Instagram. <laughs> what is her handle? Um, it is her whole name. Okay. <laughs> so Anna underscore. You can just just type in Anna Netrebko and it will okay. come up. She's like a she's a like a she's per- a verified yeah, yeah, she's user. Like okay. a, she has a little check mark. Um, there's like fried chicken on here. <laughs> and like her my favorite one is the video of her riding this list like animatronic horse uh-huh. in Russia and she's just like screaming things in Russian on this horse <laughs> outside. It is I, I just can't. I don't think I can stop. She's authentic. Come on, let's be real. You know? No, she truly yeah. is. No, dude. So what, is, what in God's earth would possess her to create a tea set? I mean, is there a demand for tea sets? And is she somehow an authority on... <laughs> Like porcelain design, I don't understand this at all. Like it was, I mean, Renee Fleming came out with a cologne. It was called like right. Voce or a, a perfume, you know, so you could smell like, like Renee her. Fleming. Okay. I don't know, like what okay. what's the appeal of that, you know? So, well, it seems very Russian to me. For oh, uh, I guess oh, you're right. Okay, so. so like Russian tea time, and you're drinking out of the samovar. I mean, obviously the English, the British drink a lot of tea as well, but I yeah. feel like tea is a very Russian thing. Okay, that's, um, I get that. That's a good that's a good Russian because like Americans were not like a tea culture. I mean, not yes, really. all the singers. Yeah love their no, tea but right. we're like a coffee culture you know? yeah yeah there's no question and obviously it's it's to make some money i mean look she is a a, a, a label a product I mean, she's a lifestyle yeah she's, she's a brand a yeah. she went to fashion week so she is yeah she, she went fashion oh yeah week, she's yeah she went to fashion week she got she had front row seats to um, all the shows and there's like videos of her and okay she's yeah i want to be more like Anna Trepko, so i'm gonna buy <clears> this tea set, set and i'm gonna enjoy my tea Thinking about it's for six people, I, so I you can invite the whole opera box team <laughs> over. Oh my God, let's have we a can invite party, all our listeners over. Why did she call it Aida, though? I mean, I know, as I said, she's that's the role she's doing. But yeah, it has nothing to do with tea. That opera. I mean, it's a it's based in like Ethiopia and Egypt. You know, right? So. Surely you would call it like Turandot. I mean, at least like a fake Chinese opera with tea. Yeah, which opera has more tea? You know, in it. Uh, I guess if you're going to design a hot chocolate set, you can be Rosen Cavalier. How about you know? Pearl Fishers? That takes place in India. Yeah, it? in Sri Lanka, yeah. yeah okay. And that's where tea happens. You're right. Yeah. It has a, a teapot, a sugar bowl, a milk jug, and six pairs of teacups, just so hmm. everybody knows. But, I mean, Pearl Fishers is not really a sexy name. I mean, Aida is a really cool name. It's very sexy. Yeah. 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 I would like to oh. name one of my many daughters Aida. Really? Yeah, okay. but it's not really high on my list of daughters. <laughs> now. Mimi is my top daughter name, so... <laughs> Um, Vittorio Because then every time you listen to that show, and then at the end, me, me, like, yeah. your, your daughter will be so annoyed with you growing up. But then when she's like 20 and like she's getting mm. into music, she'll be like, oh, my dad used to like play this thing. And like, then she'll like have, be wistful. And then when I die, she'll right. be like, she won't be able to listen to La Boheme. So, am I naming song in Lithuanian? Dinah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, speaking of your name, Norma Dell like really did a great job. Dinah Fisher. D- I was Dinah. like, I was gonna be like, well, that's really cool to hear my name like that, but I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, be like a nerd. I know. But it, <laughs> it does feel good to hear your name spoken by Norma Dell. Yeah. Here's here's another name, Vittorio Grigolo. Mm-hmm. What do I need to know about this guy? Well, he studied with Pavarotti and. Early on in his career, I was very critical of him because he is trying so hard to make the audience like him. Like, he is so... uh, Not authentic. uh, Maybe. But he just tries... Like, when he's on stage, he's doing... So it's like he's, like, acting his heart out and, like, trying to get laughs. And he's always trying to, like, show his body off. Like, somehow his shirt's always coming off his body and stuff like that. Like, he's really fit, you know? And he was just really, really eager to please. I think he's calmed down a little bit now. And he's starting to realize, like, hey, I can just sing and okay. do well. Because, like, the past couple of years, I've actually been impressed by his performance. Uh, he's got a great instrument. Um, not, you know, as easy production as Pavarotti. He works really hard. But the tone quality is really, his is really pretty. His shirt's always off. But, say what? His shirt is always off. Yeah, yeah. It's just, like, I'm yeah. looking up. Yeah. Yeah, he's, very handsome. he's a very handsome <laughs> guy. Cute. But he, he looks like he has greasy hair, and he looks a little douchey. Yeah. And a couple years ago, on opera, on opera Now, we played a, uh, a video of him. Uh, he was, like, 
selling motorcycles or something like that. And it was like, oh my God, what a douchebag. He's like the douche <laughs> bro of opera. Yeah. Like we all need yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was, and that was the thing is like, apparently he used to really be into fast cars. He was driving Formula One, which is the sort of like European version of IndyCar. Yeah. Uh, I grew up watching Formula One with my dad. He was oh. really into it. Um, oh. But, uh, and then he had this accident. <laughs> oh. I, I said he had the accident at 39. He's currently 39. That was okay. my mistake. So I guess he likes the fast speed. And so he had an drama. accident? And that's why he got out of racing but, and oh, went okay. into singing. Tell, what, opera instead. What do you know about the accident? Uh, it's a, he, he had an accident during qualifying for one of his races early mm. on in his career. He broke two ribs. Oh. Mm. And he was just getting his singing career going. He had to perf- uh, postpone a concert because yeah. he couldn't mm-hmm. breathe, couldn't sing. And he, he couldn't like, take off his shirt because it hurt too much. He couldn't take off his shirt. So <laughs> yeah, they were like, you, you can't. It's like a bruise on his skin. Yeah, perform. but if you've ever broken ribs, Oliver? No, thank goodness. It's really painful. It yeah. really is really hard. Yeah, to that's break. why I don't do yeah. things that break ribs, you know? Yeah. Like exercise, you mean? No, but I mean, like, I would never ski or, like, surf or, you know, play tackle football. I would tackle. I'd tackle a guy, but for other reasons. Okay, we're working backwards through the stories here, and I want to make sure that we get to the Kathleen Battle one. Yeah, that one makes me very happy. I mean, I'm So 22 years later, should it have been sooner? And if so, why wasn't it? I I don't know how to answer that question. I'll just say that, like, I'm a big fan. I know that she's a diva. There's so many stories of her antics. And I understand why she got fired. Um, But um, she still is and was a great artist. And she contributed a lot to the scene at large. And I think she helped to popularize an opera like Mm Semele. Because her performance of Semele with Marilyn Horne and John Nelson back in the 80s was one of the best things ever. Mm -hmm. And it still is. I have a hard time. I mean, 22 years ago, I was like four years old. Yeah. So I don't really have like a life with her as a singer. But actually one of... um, she sang at the Met Gala in the 80s uh-huh. with, um, she sang... Oluchi de Questanima? No, she sang the Rosenkab Trio Okay. with um, uh, Frederica von Stad and, um, and... And Kiwi? Yes. Yeah. And I heard that and fell head over heels in love yeah. with that opera and the role of Octavian. Mm-hmm. And it really propelled like a different yeah. form of love for me. So that was like my first. And then I heard all these like horror stories. That, like, yeah. And know, also in the, know. in the early eighties, she did a, or 83, maybe it was, she did a concert with, um, Jesse Norman's oh spiritual, spirituals in concert, still one of the best Praise. things ever recorded. And I listen, that's like my Christmas tradition. Like when I bring, <laughs> I bring out that CD, like during the holidays, that's like my, the way I get in the spirit, you know, I love that thing. Uh, but, According to uh, the reviews on the New York Times and in Parterre, and I think there's another place I reviewed it, some of her antics are still happening. And she walked on stage like 35 minutes late. Oof. Totally yeah. sold out. Yeah. And she was also doing some stuff like she was conducting the pianist and conducting the chorus. And she was gesturing at the audience to not applaud or something. I don't know. Oh. Like she was she was being Kathleen Battle. But, you know, at this point, it's charming. <laughs> She's like so benign now. She's like, oh, 60 something. 60. Yeah. yeah. Well, like people came. Right. It was. Oh, a, my it God. Was it was sold, sold out. out. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Even though she out. was like shushing. But why it took so long? I don't know. I mean, like definitely it wasn't going to happen at a Volpe, you know. Uh, oh, oh, in terms of the delay yeah. between when she left the Met in 94 and when yeah. she returned. I thought so, you meant the delay of starting the concert. No, no. That's it, an old trick from the rock stars. Exactly. Man. Of course you never start on time. you got to build the suspense a little bit. If you're Kathleen Bally, you're not going to go out there yeah, right but... away. you got to make them wait. And I think, you know, maybe they asked her, you know, years ago, and she had to think of what could I do that would be relevant, you know. And this concert is sort of relevant. You know, it's culturally appropriate or it's like it's about black music like black Mm -hmm. Christian music you know so there's some this is like we need we need more people you know emphasizing our culture our American our collective American culture so I agree let's wrap this show up you guys yeah good call bad call on opera box score all right it's been a fun hour here on Opera Box mm-hmm. Score. It's been a, just a bizarre week, right? Yeah. So, um, man, I never th- thought that 10 days ago I'd be celebrating the Cubbies winning the World Series. <laughs> and then, like, in a week, I- I'd be in tears trying to explain Trump's victory to my 7-year-old. Uh, Oliver Camacho, what's your good call or your well, bad just, call? Well, just in general, like, this is a the time of year where... 
all the small opera companies kind of go in hibernation and what we have left are the big companies and the lyric we talked about this last week is doing trojans right now and it's such an expensive thing and they're really putting a lot of like investment of all their resources into the show so i feel like we owe it to Lyric, which is a major institution, to just go see it, you know. You don't have to stay for the whole thing. It's five hours. But right. Christine, Christine Gerke is in it, and she's amazing. And she's in the first two acts. So if you leave after the second act, good on you. At I least you went, great. you know. Yeah, I heard, I heard it's fantastic. And, like, all of our friends are in it. So that's my yeah, recommendation. <laughs> but I also want to say this really quickly, since there's a little bit of time. Yeah. Um, Joyce Donato's uh, newest CD uh, and tour is called In War and Peace. It has a website, inwarandpeace.com. This is actually very culturally re- culturally relevant. She's talking about how do we find peace amidst chaos. And she's asking the question. And she's, like, trying to get responses from all sorts of huh. minds. Uh, and it's, it's interesting. Go to the website. Check it out. Okay. Okay. The tour of that album comes to Chicago at the beginning of December, mm. and listeners of Opera Box Score continue to enjoy a 40% discount Jeez. to see the show. If you go to the Harris Theater website and use the promotional code CHI40, C-H-I-40, uh, four zero, uh, you'll get forty percent off tickets, and that's a limited time. I don't know when they're going to end that thing, but uh, the oh. show will definitely be sold out. Don't so get wait. your, get your Can tickets I share now. That yeah, on yeah. Media. share it until they <laughs> withdraw the code CHI40. Okay, I'm gonna write that down. That's awesome. That's I don't amazing. Wanna, don't want to miss that. I'm, I'm not gonna miss uh, Troyan either. I'm gonna go this week. You're gonna go the following week. I'm going on Monday. Week. Okay, I'm going great. Monday, yeah. We might uh, Monday evening quarterback that. Yeah. Then if it's not too late at that. I'm going point. to see Joyce. Yeah. Awesome. Dinah Fisher, oh, what's yeah. your good call or your bad call? Well, he stole my good call. I was going to say the Joyce Dinano thing as well, <laughs> okay. but that's cool. Um, my good call is actually for all the younger people that are trying to flourish their careers in the opera world. Application fees are down, which is a great thing for all of us. Uh, they're ranging now from about $20 to $60, depending on the company. Um, $35 being the like the middle range, and I think that that is a really <laughs> wonderful thing. And also extended deadlines for a lot of opera companies for applications as well. So if you guys think you missed your chance you might not so go check them out thanks dinah that's it for this week's show our announcer is norm waddell visit norm on the web at voxershorts.com v-o-x-e-r-s-h-o-r-t-s.com for wnur our programming director is nick anderson general manager brock stussy theme song vodka inferno written and performed by the diablo swing orchestra yeah of course we're on facebook and twitter search for opera box score like the facebook page share and comment on the posts troll us with the hashtag opera balls hey subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, and can you do me a favor and leave a review? It'll take you like 30 seconds. It's the cheapest and fastest way to promote our show. The creative consultant for Opera Box Score is Oliver Camacho. Special thanks to my co-host, Dinah Fisher. I'm George Cedarquist, asking you to continue the conversation about opera, whether you're on the red team or the blue team. We're back next Monday night at 9 Central. We're talking about Thanksgiving and what we're thankful for in opera, as well as a couple productions that were total turkeys. Street Beat is up next with DJ Joe. You're listening to WNUR-FM Evanston, Chicago, Chicago's sound experiment.